That's yours today. Um, I have something to share today that I, I think is uh, God speaking to me about, and it has to do uh, with, with decisions that are made. Anybody ever make any decisions? <laughs> Hopefully you went out and made some decisions this week, right? You went, went and voted. You made a choice. You, you had a choice for something, right? And uh, we're, we're so blessed to be able to do that. But I was thinking about it with uh, regard to choices that we do make. There's some choices uh, that, that are, don't really make all that much difference. I mean, you know, I, my favorite color, I think, is purple, <laughs> depending on what day it is. You know, you can have certain choices that you make that are preferences for you that really don't really matter that much. But then there's some a lot of choices we make are ones that are meant for our good and we're complying to something that's already in place. So many of the choices that we make have to do with guidelines that are put in our life, right? right exactly. And the sooner you can comply with those things, the more good they can do for you, right? Like, like a speed limit. Anybody make any speed limit choices on the way here today? Anybody define some... Some guidelines that were put in place. Uh, but the purpose of any of these guidelines, and, and, and this is why it's so critical that we go out and vote. We, make, uh, we, we, we decide something that this is really the condition of our country is dependent upon the condition of us. And what our choices are being based upon is so very critical. So some of these choices that were given, I mean, how many pay their taxes? I mean, you can, you can disagree that we shouldn't have to, but there's something put in place for us to make a decision to pay our taxes. And then we get military that's supposed to protect us and a lot of other things that are supposed to be done. Sometimes we can not like how it's done or whatever else, but, but there's a reason why we choose to do certain things that are put in place to protect us. To provide for us. And they're really laws, aren't they? And based upon the, how well those laws are put together, they will function better. But no matter how many laws you get, no matter how many things that you're deciding whether you're going to comply with or not. And some of these we don't even think about, do we? We just, we just do what they say. And we're blessed as a result of that. If I try to go 100 miles an hour down 183, especially with all that construction going on disregard it saying this law is not for me it's going to be dangerous for me and for somebody else right, right, right. Uh, because these things are put in place for our betterment yes. for what, what's good for us now the, the, the challenge with these decisions that we make that are good for, good for our good is there's a whole bunch of other ones in between isn't there there's a whole bunch of other ones in between that, that we are deciding on a regular basis and, and, and our, our choices are based upon our background, what we're aware of. Have you ever done something that is just like, how in the world did I choose to do that? Especially later on when you found out what it should have been done, you know? <laughs> uh, so I, I, I want to look at this because I, I, I really believe there's an opportunity, you know, sometimes just a simple decision that's a right one can change a lot of things. Yes. 
And I was thinking about this for me and in, in, in my own life. And, in, and so I'm just preaching myself a sermon today. And that many of the things that need to change in my life are just dependent upon a simple choice. So I'm going to call this, though, because when we do choose, based upon something that's, that's a decision in our life, our choice determines which side of that guideline we're on, right? Because right? you can get on the wrong side of the law, can't you? And you're going to pay some consequences. But as long as you stay on the right side of the law, you can, you can expect, you don't, you don't even have to be afraid of getting, how, how many have been looking in your rear view mirror wondering if that, they, you got caught going through something or, you know? When do you, when do you look in the rear view mirror for that? It's when you've done something, right? <laughs> when you violated, you got on the wrong side of something, right? <laughs> but if, if you're complying, there's no problem, is there? You can expect to be blessed. You can expect to be safe. Is that right? So I want to call this choosing sides today because this is really what we've been given in Christ is an opportunity to choose some things. You know, we talked about a little bit during uh, communion this morning. It has to do, we've been given a choice in Christ. Now, the old law, God's heart with that was to put some things in place. Every single one of them was for a good cause. It was to make things better. It was to protect people, take care of their sin, actually give them access to God. Everything was good about it with with a purpose. But the problem is it was being imposed. So I want to look, first of all, uh, Isaiah 29, 13. (laughs) So what happened with the law is how, and in most of our laws, and if a law is out of place, what do we do? We, we hopefully we vote for somebody that's going to make it right. Um, but just having something in place, uh, and the law that was given to us through Moses, the, the, the problem was that it was just imposed upon us. So there was just, all there was was a, a, a threat. If you don't do this, there's going to be a consequence, right? So Isaiah talks about this. He says, and so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. The whole purpose of these guidelines uh, was was not to just make slaves out of people, but actually have them become his. God wants us to choose him. He wants us to be on his side. (laughs) Have you ever done this with your kids? I'm teaching Brayden how how to mow the yard. Um, has anybody ever taught a child how to, to mow the yard? It's a, it, initially, it can be a challenging thing, especially when the grass isn't very high and you can't see very well. And um, so we, I, I, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach him how to do this. And um, I know exactly how to mow a yard. I've, I've done so many of them. I'm, I'm really good at it. I had a business buddy and I had a business together doing this. <laughs> so I know how he should do that. But getting him to believe my instructions and follow my instructions is a whole other thing altogether. He's, first of all, he started crying. I can't do this. You can't mow a yard. 
I think Caden and I went through this once too up in, in Ohio a little bit <laughs> when he was younger. <laughs> it's a lot bigger yard. Uh, but you know what's best for them. You know if they will just listen to you, they would be kept from problems. They would be kept from issues. And I mean, if, if that's how it is with us, with our children, God's a holy God. Everything about what he's putting in place is not to hurt anybody. He says, this is only going to help you. It's only going to make things better for you. And not only that, you know, what's, what, what you really notice with kids is when they are listening to you and following you, you have wonderful fellowship. And you do things together. And it's wonderful. But when things are not that way, what does it do? It cuts off your... They don't even want to be with you. <laughs> right? So this is how it, it was with God. He said, I'm putting these things in place because I know how to mow the yard. I'll show you. It will be done well and it will look good. You won't have to step off of a cliff because you're, you're looking the other way. I'll show you how to do things. And it will be best for you. But the problem was, it came in the form of a law that they started looking at the law and not the lawgiver. They weren't having a relationship. He said, I want you to have a relationship with me. So this is what happened. He said, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips. They go through the motions. But their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. So the people that have the most difficulty with the laws of our land are the ones that feel imposed by them. I'm just going to choose something else. I'm just going to do something. It's confining me. I'm not going to do it, right? But the ones that say, wow, I love this. It comes from their heart. So this is what happened. And this is... um, in Hebrews. Hebrews is actually talking about this. He's quoting in, in Hebrews, he, he's actually quoting from the Old Testament when the law was given. And he's saying, this is the heart of God. He says, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. So the problem with, with be, being forced to do something is that it, your, if your heart's not in it, there's no way you're going to comply. So this was God's challenge, and, 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 he's, and he prophesied this. He said, I'm going to make it to where what you need to do is going to be in your heart. I'm going to write that in your heart so you're not feeling imposed, but you're feeling liberated to do what's right. And it actually makes us be in fellowship together. So he says, I want to I write my law on your heart. I'm going to codify. You know, they're talking about codifying some things in our, in our country today. And what, what's that? That's putting it into place to where it's going to be applied in a way that's going to be effective. Is that right? The difficulty with, with making the right choice in that way, though, and getting on the right side of God is that until it changes your heart, you're going you're gonna to fail. The codifying of, of, a, of a law that's going to work has to be of the heart. So let, let's keep going here. So this was Jesus' prayer, and we, and we looked at this last week. So how does this happen? 
that we are actually experiencing our best life. We're being protected. We're being provided for. The things that God has put into place to take care of us are actually working. It's going to have to take a change in who we are. And so this is what this is what Jesus' passionate prayer was. He said, I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them. So right away, what we're seeing here is, is Jesus came not to say, and this is, this is something that the world wants to do right now. It wants to say, live and let live. Let's coexist. Let's just all be, don't, don't judge anybody. Let anybody be a dog. Let anybody be whatever they want to be. It's okay. Your choice doesn't matter. Just let everybody choose. In fact, let's get rid of laws. The problem with getting rid of laws and this will relate to, 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 to Christ. Is the problem with getting rid of laws doesn't get rid of the consequences. That's true. Wow. <laughs> Let's get rid of the police. Well, you're just going to get more of what, they, uh, of what they were protecting. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So what happened? You know, the old law, what, what did it have? It had... Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, take a rest on Sunday. Now, which one of those do we want to get rid of? That getting rid of it is going to do any good at all, right? <laughs> the getting rid of it doesn't do it. But the problem is you're not going to comply until it becomes a part of your heart. And so Jesus' prayer and the purpose of Jesus coming was to say, let's get on the right side of this. He's praying to God. He's saying, I don't want to be one with the world. I want to be one with your children, those ones that you've called me to, Right? And he said, we're going to be different than the world. We're going to be on a different side. How many want to be on the right side? Yeah. Amen. I've given them your message, and this is why the unbelieving world hates them for their allegiance. What does that mean? That's the, the side that they're on is no longer to this world because I am not of this world. Yeah. <clears throat> so choosing the side of God is going to be a complete separation from the world. But it's going to have to come from the heart. And so this is what his prayer goes down in the 21st verse. It says, I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I are, Father, joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. How will the world recognize that Jesus was sent when we start looking like Jesus, right? You can't be on the side of Jesus and not look like him. When you choose him, it's going to change who you are. I, li I like what we were talking about last week because it, it, it has to do with the, with the working, the, the miracles, the healings that are going to take place. But it, it's not just that. It's going to be everything about us. It's going to be the choices we make on a regular basis. We're going to have to choose the side. So let's keep going here on Romans 10, 8. It's through the mouth from the heart that the side is chosen. So, 
It's not enough to just have some rules in place. What does that become? It becomes religion, doesn't it? That's what we just saw. It's just going to be a religion. You're not going to be able to comply with this. But Romans 10, 8 says, but the faith righteousness we receive speaks to us in these words of Moses. God's living message is very close to you, as close as your own heart beating in your chest and as near as the tongue in your mouth. So what God has given us in the, in the next verse right after this is for with, uh, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. So what is the purpose of a law? What is the purpose of God's passion? He, he does things right. He has everything in place for our best, doesn't he? And what is that? That's righteousness, isn't it? The righteousness of the law doesn't ever produce. It's limited. It can only tell you a, a limited amount of things that you're going to have to do. And you'll never complete it. That's the problem with it. But a righteousness that comes by faith, it changes who you are. It changes the nature of who you are. And now your choices are coming from a different place. Right. So, how can you tell... Uh, what side somebody is on by what's coming out of their mouth, yeah. right? I watched some football games yesterday. How many of you watch football? A few folks. You can tell which team somebody is for, not just by their, their cheerleading uniform, I buy what's coming out of their mouth. What are they, what are they speaking? What's, what do they believe in? What are they, sometimes their team's not going to win, but they're still saying stuff like they are, you know? It's like, why? Because you can tell which side they're on by what's coming out of their mouth. You can tell what side we're on with regard to what God has put in, in place for us by what's coming out of our mouth. Right. Amen? The change has to happen in the heart. And this is, what, this is really what I want to get to is, is there's going to be a change in what we're choosing, which side of God we're, we're, we're choosing on a regular basis. Sometimes we don't realize we're choosing something that's completely opposite of God by what's coming out of our mouth. That's good. And you can't expect the blessing from him to come when you're on the wrong side of him. Okay. So this faith righteousness is actually what's changed on the inside Needs to have a voice. It needs to come out, okay? Let's look at Titus 2, 12. Our choice of Christ is a choice of sides. I love this passage. Because <clears throat> it has to do with grace. What is grace? That's the thing that God did way beyond us that we can't do, right? It's a, it's a powerful benefit that we have in him. But it doesn't just take care of our past, it enables us to live the blessing of who we've been made to be. So Titus says this. It says, this same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in where? In this present age. What's this present age? Ungodly. Right. Unrighteous. Exactly. Right? right? 
So it, it's teaching us this through our heart. Now, what I think is interesting about this is we don't already have this down. Anybody have this down already? I don't have this down completely. But the purpose of this grace is to get us where we're at right now. And, and this is what I want to encourage us in is we've been given new life in Christ, but getting completely on the side of God yeah. with regard to this. Yeah. Amen? So I love who we've been made to be in him. I love that we are in heavenly places in him right now. Amen? But getting to where we're walking in it continually, day by day, is going to require getting on the God side of everything that we're doing. Amen? And we're not in an an atmosphere or a world that's that's, that's compliant with that. It's completely opposite of that. So what God's given us is an opportunity to let who he is inside of us begin to change simple little choices that we make like what we're saying, how we see ourselves, amen? And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age for we continue to look forward to the joyful fulfillment of our hope in the dawning splendor of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, the anointed one. He sacrificed himself for us that he might purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people who are his very own, passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. What is that? That means every choice we can make can be God-directed. Not, not imposed. God inspired. Wouldn't you like to not just have hellfire and brimstone? If you don't do this, you're going to have these consequences. God said, I don't want that. I want my law to be in your heart. I want it to be something that you're excited about. Exactly. Amen? Amen. Right. He said, Jesus' purpose in, in being sacrificed was for this to take place. Not for us to just go through life experiencing the consequences of things that aren't written that we can say, okay, now I have to do that. But God has a choice on a daily basis on how we treat each other. The world's not going to know that we're his just because we're working miracles and getting people healed. There's been people all through history that have been great demonstrators of that, that have had personal failures that has nothing to do with reflecting on who Jesus is. He's called us to a whole life. Amen? Of being purified. What difference does it make if I choose to have a substance in my life? God knows. He knows how to mow the yard. He said, that's not going to work. These things hurt you. But just being told that you're not supposed to from the outside does nothing. But you start to get close to him. His whole purpose in laying down his life was not to become an imposer, but to become an inspirer. So that the thing, the same thing that God wanted to accomplish, to protect us, to provide for us, that we can live our best life, 
Not just because everything is good and, and everything is wonderful and nobody just live and let live. No, because we've learned to, to, to give our life, to be laid, laid down our life for his. <laughs> so all the things that need to be done don't become condemnation. They become opportunities. Can you see this? <laughs> and sometimes it's just a very simple thing. I'm just not going to do that anymore. And where is that coming from? Because I, to, I was told not to. No, it, it's, it's coming from a humble relationship with a, a Savior that laid his life down. So we don't have to experience consequences of stupid choices. <laughs> Amen. And we don't need a religion to tell us what not to do. It doesn't work. Amen. I mean, we could we could start making a list of stuff, you know, and that's why I don't really want to go there too much. But it it will be. You cannot you cannot be on the right side of God and not be sanctified. So, I think it's very dangerous for us, especially as the church, to just sit back and feel comfortable, not being. Desperate for sanctification and holiness before God. Amen? Because if we're not on his side of righteousness, we can't just claim righteousness and, and, and act and choose unrighteousness. It's going to go right along with our chooser. We're going to have to choose the right side. You know, there is a consequence for this. He's, a, he's an amazing God. Yes. There is an end to all this. But right now, right now, today, yeah. being on the right side of God will change everything. Yes. And it doesn't require an outside imposing law. It requires a transformation from the inside. Amen. You know what I, I love what Chad was talking about last week was he, he said everything's about perspective how we see things and you don't get to the place where you see even who you are in Christ when you're on the wrong side of him (laughs) can you see this all right I like this a people who are his very own God's all about sides He's all about you being on his side. Now, I thought about it this way. You can be for somebody without being on their side. God is for us. He he sent Jesus for us. But he's not on our side. That would mean believing what we believe, aligning our life the way we align our life, right? He's not on our side. He's saying, you come over to my side and everything about me being for you is going to produce. But you got to be willing when you get on his side. It's like, like, like you get somebody that, 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 that joins a, a football team, you know, some, some great player or something. That coach might be, I, I, some of these coaches, I mean, they're, they're little scrawny guys that look like nerds, you know. It's like they're telling these big, amazing athletes what to do. Why? It's because if you're going to be on the side of the team, 
You're going to have to listen to something that's not just me getting my way, doing whatever I want to do. There has to be humility. Humble yourself in the, in the sight of God. And then what happens after that will be what God wanted all along. He says, come over to my side. Come over to my side. Amen? Now, I'm, I'm so grateful that Jesus did it once, uh, once and for all as far as who we are. We've been given a new nature in him. We identify with him. <laughs> but we have to put on Christ. We have to put him on. And it's going to change our choices. Amen. All right. Let's look a little bit more. Matthew 6, 24. <clears throat> so you can only have one side at a time. Man, we are surrounded. I've gone to, to, uh, to Nepal with my, my dad. And it's interesting, you can, you can talk to Hindu people, and they believe in Jesus, along with a hundred other gods, right? <laughs> so it, he does absolutely no good for him, for them, because they believe in so many different ones. They're actually gods. I mean, you could go into some of their houses, and there'll be a little god sitting around. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, from our perspective. We don't have that kind of a thing over here. But we have gods. Yes. We have all kinds of gods. We, we have our employment. We have relationships. We have a lot of other things. What? <laughs> we, we have entertainment. We have things that are about this life that's going to pass very quickly. And how much are we actually saying, God, what's your side of my life? What's your side? And how willing are we going to be to actually say, oh, when you give me that direction, I'm going to go that way. But that is being on the side of God. And he says, I have way better than what you can ever come up with. I have that. But you got to get on my side. You're going to have to let go of some of these other things. He said, I, it's, it's really not about that thing. I, I, it's like, I, I'm not impressed by that thing. I'm impressed by what, where it has taken your heart. Yeah, right. Because until you have, until I have your heart, you're not on my side. And, and making a prayer 20 years ago is not making you on, on my side right now. Every day becomes a choice of this, right? Yeah. So Matthew 6, 24 says, how could you worship two gods at the same time? You'll have to hate and love, hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God, and he's talking about money here. But you can say, you can, you can put anything else that the world has to give. You know, we can get so impressed by these guys that are making so much money. Oh, and you, they, they, they can become a God in themselves. So the creator of the universe, the one that gave his sons so that we could have eternal life and identify with him and have, be a new creation in him. <laughs> He's saying, I'm just waiting on you to come over to my side. And I have abundance there for you amen. in every area. Amen? Yes, amen. He said, but you can't, you can't be choosing Two sides at once. That's like being a Chiefs and a Broncos fan at the same time. I mean, you're twisted. <laughs> right? 
want to be challenged with this. You know, we have a God that he says, I want you to live and move and have your being in me. But how much of the time is life being imposed on us? And we think we're free. That's the illusion, the disillusion of what's going on in the world so big in our country today. Is this this disillusion, uh, you know, they came up with this word disinformation, you know. Um, uh, this, this, this idea that, that you can just choose whatever you want to choose and it's okay. No. Our creator says, you're going to be on your own side by yourself, missing out on what I have to provide. Right? Okay. 2 Corinthians 6.15. Can't be on God's side and joined with unbelieving. So here's another part that uh, what is it? Psalm is it Psalm one that says, uh, "Yeah, I sang, I wrote a song. I shall not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful." Why? Because when you're fellowshipping with the other side. counsel of the ungodly when you're fellowshipping with the other other side what you're doing is you're submitting yourself to belief in something that is on the opposite side of god so you can't be on god's side and fellowshipping with an opposing belief now you can be aware of what somebody else believes but you don't fellowship with it you don't have communion with that is that right can't be on God's side and joined with unbelieving. 2 Corinthians 6.15. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? Now, when you think about partner, what is this? This is where you're actually giving your heart. You might be having physical relations of some kind. But it becomes difficult, you know, in a marriage situation where, where you're already committed, you know, you can, you're being faithful to a commitment you've made, but there needs to not be a giving up of your heart beyond that's keeping you from having a relationship with God, right? right? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? Can you see how it's kind of good to just explore this a little bit? If we're going to actually be on God's side, we can't be on another side at the same time. We can't be worshiping in another temple when we're supposed to be the temple. You know? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. This is God's passion. I will be their God and they will be my people. Matthew 12, 30. He says this. So, so you can't fellowship with the other side. You can't wear a Chiefs and a Broncos uniform at the same time. You will just spontaneously combust. <laughs> That's right. You will no longer exist. <laughs> 
But Jesus goes on to say this. He says it's not just enough for you just to, to agree or, or to be separated from other things. He said, now, when you really believe in somebody, you're going to participate in what they're about. Oh, to be on God's side, I can't just sit back and say, yeah, yeah, I believe in that. No, I'm going to have to get in the game. I'm going to have to be a part of what he's on, right? So join with me, for if you're not on my side, you are against me. But then he goes on to say what that means. And if you refuse to help me gather the spoils, you are making things worse. What are the spoils? That's the blessings he's won. We're supposed to actually be doing this stuff on purpose, yeah. intentionally. Yes. Amen? Yes. We're supposed to be going out, laying hands on the sick. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Why? Because we feel imposed? No, it's, we, we're on his side. Yes. This is God doing stuff that he says, I'm going to do it through you. Amen? Yeah. And he says... If you're not with me serving with, if you're not representing me, my anointed ones, <laughs> it, I, I'm not wanting to put any condemnation on anybody here today, but man, where are we with regard to God's side of things? Yeah, Amen? And it's not going to be a popular thing. We're not going to be able to look and, 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 and see if we're, you know, Amongst a bunch of people for this. All right. He said, you're just going to be making it worse if you ain't helping me out. You're on the other side. To not do is to choose. So, yeah. to ser- if you're not serving in, in helping him. Yeah. But if you know something that's right, that you're just saying, ah, I, I'm just kind of tired. Mm-hmm. Boy. I'm talking to myself right now. (laughs) There's a lot that we know to do. That he said, if you're not doing it, you're not getting by. Just don't pretend like you're on God. Oh, I I, I, I talked with somebody again last night (laughs) that used the man in the upstairs uh, term about God. Yeah, you know, the man in the uh, uh, upstairs, whatever. It's like, that's who he is to you, you know? (laughs) No, we're together. We're one. If Jesus' prayer is going to be accomplished in me, I'm going to need to be on his side. I'm going to need to be serving his heart, his purpose. And then when there's something that I know in my heart, and here's the wonderful thing about this law of righteousness that's written on our hearts, you don't need to read it anywhere. There's going to be something that speaks to your heart. And you're going to know. Amen? Yeah. And when you're on God's side, you'll be able to respond to that. Even who am I to pray for? Who am I, who am I to go and, and minister to? That's going to come from a lifestyle of how am I going to act in the home? What am I going to do on a real basis? Amen? God has, God has a plan for every move we make if we'll let him. And getting on his side is so necessary. Can you see this? All right. Revelation talks about this. And and there is a consequence. This is so... A a lot of things just don't get done 
in the serving, in the doing, in the being on God's side, and wearing the right jersey. Just because we, we can become apathetic about it, it doesn't really matter. Everybody else is voting. I don't need to, you know. If God's going to do it anyway, he's a sovereign God. It's going to happen any, anyhow. But he, he, he doesn't have this attitude about it. He's very serious about how serious we are. He, he, can, he can see. <laughs> He's got a heat detector. You know, those, those like night vision things, you know, they, they're, they're heat sensors, you know, they can, they can see. He can tell if we're hot or not because he's not satisfied with just what we're doing. He's excited. He, he needs, he says, if you're going to be on my side, you're going to be on a hot side. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Revelation 3.15. I know all the things you do. Oh, God cares about what we do? I thought he just cared about who we are. Now he cares about what we do because what we believe is evidenced in what we do. What we do determines which side we're on. Right? Are we really on God's side? Because it's going to go way beyond just showing up in church. Just having a nice devotional in the morning. It's going to change everything about us. Amen? And there is an end to all this and, and <laughs> there's a revelation. There's an end to the book. And there is a consequence. God's talking. He says, I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. You're just passive. You're just a seat warmer. And it's not very warm. (laughs) He says, this is God talking you know, there will be a determination at the end which side we've been on. Yeah. <laughs> and and, I, and I, w- I would grieve right now for, for where I've come this far because uh, the wonderful thing about grace is, is it really, de- he, does, he does see us where we are and take us from where we are. Um, right. Let me just give a real ex- really great example. I was, I was just reading in the Old Testament and there was, there was a man named Ahab. His wife's was Jezebel and and he wanted he was a king and he wanted this orchard so that he could plant his own uh, crop there and there was a man that said no that's an that, that's that's been in our family for so long I can't sell that to you and uh, Jezebel uh, created a, a, a scene where this man would be killed and that Ahab would be able to have that well he got a God cursed him. He said, you're going to die. The same, uh, and Jezebel's going to die too. And you know what? Ahab, I, it's like, God, please go ahead and do that. That guy deserves that. But did you know what Ahab did? He started repenting. This is the Old Testament. He started repenting. And God said, okay, because you've humbled yourself, things can change from now on. Isn't that amazing? That's in the Old Testament. God's saying, just come over to my side. Humble yourself. Quit acting like your side is anything at all. Come over to my side. Because there is an end to this. And when you humble yourself and say, what God has for me in Christ is worth 
me letting go of everything? That's what baptism is. I'm going to let go of everything. I'm getting on God's side. So much better. He says, I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This doesn't sound like a loving God, does it? But God cares which side we choose to be in. And it's not just a a choice from childhood. It's it's my choice right now that makes a difference. And our life is is but a vapor. We don't have much longer. I don't care how old you are. It might as well just be my next breath because it's not, it's a vapor. What I choose right now at this moment, if I choose the side of God, it's critical for what's going to happen beyond this. Because beyond this is not a vapor. It's eternity. Amen? God cares about what we're choosing right now. We are choosing a side. You're either choosing God's side or you're choosing the dark side. And either you're choosing it with fervency, with, with heat, with passion, with service, with a choice that denies yourself, or you're choosing the other side, according to God. Boy, this, I didn't mean for it to come out quite this way. But sometimes you need to see it, don't you? Because you get your heart wrapped up in a God when you're really on his side like this. And it's going to take you to the, the heights of what he's planned for yes. you. That's right. Amen? Your side will never come close to what God's side is. Right. <laughs> yes, good. All right. All right. I, I have a little brighter side for you, okay, after all that. Can you, can you take this? <laughs> it's all good though, right? You know what, Jesus, it says, for God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son that whoever chooses his side believes in him enough to choose him. It's not just, there, there is no belief without choosing. You don't really believe until you choose his side. And what will happen to them? They will not what? So there is perishing without being on his side. Arrogance, ignorance, pride keeps you from the right side. That's the only thing. And it has consequences. But this is God's, that's not God's heart. That's why he sent Jesus. He said, I don't want those things. If I'm wanting a a change in you, it's, it's, it's to keep you from perishing. Not to make you think you're losing something here. Right. Whatever you think is perishing in your life right now in order to get God needs to go. Needs to perish. Amen. Now may the God of peace and harmony. Ah, oh, finally he's getting to some peace and harmony. <laughs> Set you apart. What does that sound like? That sounds like you're going to be on a different team. 
You're going to be on a different side than the dark side. Right? Making you what? Completely holy. You know what holy is? Holiness is being completely on the other side. Completely separated from those things that will harm. What, 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 what's, what's wrong with sin? Because it, it, it's death. The wages of sin is death. <laughs> so what does holiness do? It separates you from that side. So you don't have to endure that. And that's the that's the Father's heart for us, isn't it? He says, making you not just a little bit holy, not where you wear a chief's uniform on Thursdays only, but where you are completely holy. You're a Broncos fan every breath that you take. I don't. I shouldn't have said that. They're fixing the player. <laughs> okay. And and may your entire. Don't you like this? Not just a part of you. God cares about everything about us. He said, if you'll just get on my side, I'll help you with your the the opinion you have of yourself. Yes. <laughs> I'll liberate you from depression, yes. oppression, from the bondage of sin that you think is your little pet. It's really your slave master. Says, I'll deliver you from that thing completely. And may your entire being, don't you like this? Oh, you're just talking about spiritual things, Pastor Stephen. No, no. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. Amen? God cares whether we're healthy or not. He does care about what we eat. Did you know that? Uh, this is one of the things that I'm just taking personal from you. I'm just like, okay, God. Yeah, you're kind of helping me to make some choice. It's that simple. Did you know it, it, weight problems are, are solved with, with very simple choices? You just make that right choice and it's going to be okay. I think it's very similar with God. He said, you know, just some simple choices. You begin to, to give me your heart. I will take care of health. I will take care of depression, oppression, with some simple directives. You'll make some choices in your life that you'll no longer have to perish in that area. And be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. This all goes back to our relationship with Christ. And this is why this works when the law did not. It's because God does care what we're doing. Why? Because what we're doing will either cause us to have a collision going 100 miles an hour or to be safe. I care what you're doing, God says. I care about holiness. But if that alone is what we're thinking about, it's not going to be enough. The thing that changes this for us is caring about what Jesus cares about. Right. Having a relationship with him. It doesn't make any difference to you how, whether or not you're holy standing before Jesus. 
if you don't care about Jesus. Does that make sense? We're all going to stand before him someday. But if you don't care about who he is right now, you're not going to make any changes to make it good. Right? It's only that wonderful person that is so precious to your heart that you want to present yourself well to. That you do something about it. Amen? The things that we need to change in our life are not going to come because we've been told we're supposed to. Or that they're even better for us. I'll eat a Snickers bar even though I know it's going to be cancer food. But I believe God can even help me with that. Because he cares about my body. He cares about everything about me. Amen? So my change is not going to come from an outside imposition. But it's going to come from an inside transformation in my life.